I honestly consider The Lost World to be, you know, peak Jurassic when it comes to showing dinosaurs as real animals. It honestly is probably my least favorite of the entire franchise. It's a movie that I think really kept my fandom going and it made it very, very impactful for me and it, it made it something really, truly special. This film means just as much to me as Jurassic Park does. I think it's just it's been just as influential in my life. I commend Steven Spielberg for making The Lost World feel so different from Jurassic Park. For years, I was like in my backyard thinking that the dinosaur was going to come eat my dog or it was going to rip the roof off my house or something. Everyone remain. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 323rd episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we are finally celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Lost World Jurassic Park. Whew. It's uh, it's something that is, you know, it's kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit as we wait for the arrival of Jurassic World Dominion, but 25 years ago, the Jurassic franchise changed big time. You know, the lore was further expanded, the merch was potentially the best it's ever been, and uh, I, I would say that we got a pretty killer score out of that film. There is so much to discuss regarding The Lost World, as it's one of my absolute favorites, and I think everyone in this community has a lot to say as well. So we're going to hear from all of those who called in or sent us MP3s regarding the celebration of this underrated masterpiece from Steven Spielberg. But before we get started, I'd like to take care of some quick business. So we are continuing on with our watch parties as we lead up to Jurassic World Dominion. And this week, Wednesday, May 25th, we will be watching... Jurassic World. We have finally made it to the new movies. I am so excited. So please go to our YouTube channel, 9 p.m. Wednesday night, Eastern Standard Time over here. And uh, we will be watching Jurassic World together. So grab your copy, hit play along with us, and we will commentate over Jurassic World. I am so excited to get into the, the new movies with Owen and Claire and then uh, Blue. And it, it's going to be so much fun. So stay tuned for that. And of course, continuing the uh, lead up to Jurassic World Dominion, we have more of our Dino Watch podcast. So stay tuned for more episodes of that show. And if you haven't heard of it, it is our spinoff episodes uh, featuring Tom Jurassic interviewing people who have had actual legitimate interactions with dinosaurs after the release of the dinosaurs from Lockwood Manor. So please check out that uh, that podcast itself. It is the Dino Watch podcast. You can find a link 
on our website, actually all over our website. And of course, we will have the audio in our show notes as well. So please check that out. And if you missed it last week over on our YouTube channel, we put out the video portion of last week's episode featuring myself and Ryan Donahoe talking about all of those amazing interviews from the set of Jurassic World Dominion featuring pretty much the entire cast. So go check out that video over on our YouTube channel. I also uploaded a toy hunt. We had uh, two episodes of the Dino Watch podcast up there on our feed. And also we watched Jurassic Park 3 together and we had the lovely Jurassic Souls along for that journey. So please check out our stream of Jurassic Park 3. And of course, this week we will, like I said, be doing the Jurassic World live stream. Check that out again, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will have uh, most likely a toy hunt and, of course, some more Dino Watch podcasts. So stay tuned to our YouTube channel for more videos throughout the week. But enough of all of that. Let's go ahead and get this episode kicked off by celebrating 25 years of the Lost World Jurassic Park. upon site B. And now it's only a matter of time before this lost world is found and pillaged. Hopefully we've kept this island quarantined and contained, but I'm in shock about all this. Wow. Isn't it great? Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and then screaming. What the hell was that? Go. As fast as you can. I need you to send rescue immediately. Taking dinosaurs off this island is the worst idea in the history of bad ideas. Let's get this movable beast underway. Don't move! What is it? Mommy's very angry. It's 1997. The fade-in from Black, it's taken a lot longer than you expected. Underneath the vista of waves crashing, fog and cliffsides ominously dropping into the ocean, you hear a truly haunting score, introducing you to an island that will change everything that you thought you knew about Jurassic Park. Something is different. Something has changed. Something has survived. The Lost World Jurassic Park guides the audience to an untapped land, free of fences, free of boundaries, 
or life has found a way to flourish and evade the public eye. It's an island where new species exist. Sexual dimorphism prevails and the land reclaims what was once the factory floor to John Hammond's dream. Isla Sorna, it's the land of hopes and dreams for Jurassic fans around the world. The stories here would just be endlessly fulfilling. But this story centers around the hunters and the gatherers. The hunters attempting to remove the dinosaurs from the island to a place where the public eye would no longer be blind to. And the gatherers, well, they were sent there to document without interfering with the wildlife. It's a lost world of adventure and mystery where families hunt for their own, both dinosaur and humankind, where the company of death is too much for even the most decorated hunter. And gymnastics reign supreme. Who knew? But the Wasp world might be the best, or even the worst, depending on who you're talking to. But for me, it's certainly one of my favorite films of all time. But let's get down to some business here because this movie was based off the 1995 Michael Crichton novel, The Lost World, which featured, uh, you know, it was a very techno thriller story surrounding a revived Ian Malcolm and a crew journeying to the lost world of Isla Sorna on a rescue mission, all while, you know, Lewis Dodgson and his Biosyn crew attempted to steal eggs from this same island. So, yeah, it was a very different story that we got within Steven Spielberg's film as he directed the 1997 classic, uh, which was, you know, scripted by David Kep, produced by Gerald Mullen and Colin Wilson, starring Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm, Sir Richard Attenborough as John Hammond, Julianne Moore as Sarah Harding, Vanessa Lee Chester as Kelly Curtis, Pete Postlethwaite as Roland Tembo, Arliss Howard as Peter Ludlow, Vince Vaughn as Nick Van Owen, Richard Schiff oh, as Eddie Carr, Peter Stormare as Dieter Stark, Harvey Jason as Ajay Sidhu, Camila Bell as Kathy Bowman, Thomas Duffy as Robert Burke, Ariana Richards as Lex Murphy, and Joseph Mazzello as Tim Murphy. Just an absolutely flawless cast. Uh, and Pete Postlethwaite, my God, Roland Tembo, the best. R.I.P. But uh, yes, this was uh, also including animatronics by Stan Winston and uh, CG by ILM. This film had its premiere on May 19th, 1997, but eventually released to wider audiences on May 23rd, 1997. And you know, this movie had a lot of uh, work to do as Jurassic Park was such a big movie and it uh, garnered a lot of expectations for a sequel. And after Michael Crichton's novel, you know, people kind of knew what to expect. But, uh, you know, this movie ended up taking in $72 million in that weekend and eventually grossed $229 million here in the States alone, let alone that cumulative total of $618 million worldwide. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Of course, it's not up to today's standards, but back then it was a monster of a film uh, only to be beat by uh, Titanic <laughs> later on that year. 
him, right? Excuse me? The scientist, the guy. I saw you on TV. I believed you. Now, back in 1997, I was still uh, 11 years old. So this movie hit me at the most perfect time. Um, everything about this movie was just flawless to me. The new uh, the vibe of the logo, that cracked rock, and just, you know, unexplored look of that logo. It is just so brilliant, and I, I love I love that change. You know, it was surrounded by rock work in some aspects, and then other ones, it's like, it's like the 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 vibe of the merchandise and everything was just bright green, uh, with like a, a very different logo. But then also like you've got the black and yellow like caution stripes all over the packaging of toys and and books and and whatnot. It was absolutely everything to me back in 1997. The vibe that the Lost World gave off was just perfect from the Crash McCreary um, artwork of these dinosaurs that were gonna be featured in this movie. And the, like I said, those toys, the toys were everything to me. We got some really, really wild stuff like Ian Malcolm and a glider. We got the Bull T-Rex, which is just one of the greatest toys. We, there was that Hummer uh, vehicle that had that crane thingy that came down and also the RV set. You had Carter on a motorcycle, everything. Oh, the high hide. This movie's iconic for so many different things. And I've heard it described as like a toy box. You know, this movie, Eddie has his toy box sequence there where he's showing off this RV, the Mercedes vehicles, which the Mercedes vehicle was so iconic to me. Of course, it's not as iconic as the Jurassic Park Jeep or the Explorer from the first film, but something about that vehicle was so cool that back in, in you know, somewhere around that time period, my mom ended up getting that same M-Class Mercedes. And I was just like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I love this car. And I'm so glad that we have this car from this movie. It was amazing. And of course they get destroyed by uh, the two T-Rex, which my God, the animatronics in this movie, the dinosaurs, the puppets, the visual effects, everything about them, it's, it's so flawless to me. I feel like the CG stepped it up so immensely. And then we've got more animatronics and things that are just beautiful, so, things that are huge, things that are tiny. The introduction of compies to this franchise was just iconic. Um, featuring a, a sequence from the novel, from the first novel in the beginning of The Lost World was mind-blowing as well. Just knowing that sequence from the novel and then seeing it come to light here in a certain way, getting Ian Malcolm back in this movie, oh my gosh, it, everything is perfect. I love how comedic this movie is, and Ian Malcolm is at the center of it. Somebody you would never expect to be an action hero or, or anything like that. And I think he pulls it off brilliantly, to be honest. But I also think there's so much comedy in this movie. It is so funny. The jokes pay off. Uh, the stories pay off. Gymnastics, to me, are phenomenal. I love the setup about how Kelly was cut from the team and then how that pays off later on at the end of the movie. 
killing, having a human kill one of the first dinosaurs, the first dinosaur in the franchise, which is just brutal. Um, so yeah, but this movie is epic in every way, shape, and form. I haven't even touched on the score. The score, John Williams' score, it is an unrated gem, a masterpiece. Like I said about this movie before, it's underrated. Um, did I say unrated? I don't know what I said, but underrated gem. It is a brilliant piece of work that never gets talked about in John Williams' best pieces out there. Everybody focuses on just, you know, Jurassic Park, um, you know, and then skips over all the other movies, which, you know, obviously he only did the lost world but like they just skip over the music from all of the films but the lost world has some of the most iconic themes i think in any movie you've got this adventurous score that really sells the tone of this movie that like i mentioned before opens up on this very long black uh fade in into this island that is so ominous so dark and so different than the bright you know, amazing jungle that we saw in Jurassic Park. And then you just don't know. It's, it's such a scary tone for this film. And John Williams sells the entire thing with his score and then gives us even more iconic stuff like rescuing Sarah, Malcolm's journey. Uh, T-Rex rampaging through San Diego would be nothing without John Williams' incredible score. this score from start to finish it is flawless to me and definitely the best one um and then yeah i just mentioned san diego which by the way i absolutely love that sequence yes maybe it's out of left field but the fact that we this the, the entire premise of this movie is that people are going there to steal these dinosaurs and bring them to san diego to the mainland it's mind-blowing i love that there's a massive physical San Diego, there's concept art all over the place. The San Diego Park, man, that is something of dreams. Something that I'm so glad we've gotten the chance to play in Jurassic World Evolution 2. I love that. That is brilliant that we've been able to play that. And it was such an iconic dream back in 1997. And then to see like a model that we got in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom that very reminiscently like felt that way. Um, that 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 model of Jurassic Park in Lockwood's Manor, the model of the San Diego uh, arena was just so awesome. So there are so many things in this movie that are just completely iconic. So many amazing lines, so much uh, incredible visuals, and the the trailer sequence falling off the cliff, and the the brand new Velociraptors that we got in this movie, the tiger stripe Raptors are my absolute favorite. They're the best. They're so cool. We got Stegosaurus in this movie. Oh, man, everything about this movie is brilliant. And not to mention, it's a movie that has maybe 
I think, one of the best characters in all of Jurassic with Roland Tembo, and, and the way that that character is introduced with this massive monologue and then has great meaningful conversations throughout the middle of the movie and then goes out in one of the coolest fashions I've ever seen any character go out by just saying, no, I, you know, I don't want to spend any more time in the company of death here with all this death surrounding, you know, his, his good friend died and all these other people died and, and he gets it, you know? He doesn't want to be a part of that. And I love that character so, so much. I want it up and running in 30 minutes. That's half an hour. Understood? Over. Cancel that order. What? Why? This is a game trail, Mr. Rudlow. Carnivores hunt on game trails. Do you want to set up base camp or a buffet? Let's find a new spot, shall we? Over and out. Peter, if you want me to run your little camping trip, there are two conditions. Firstly, I'm in charge, and when I'm not around, Dieter is. All you need to do is sign the checks, tell us we're doing a good job, and open your case of scotch when we have a good day. Second condition, my fee. You can keep it. All I want in exchange for my services is the right to hunt one of the Tyrannosaurs. A male, a buck only. How and why are my business? Now, if you don't like either of those two conditions, you're on your own. So go ahead, set up base camp right here, or in a swamp, or in the middle of a wreck's nest, for all I care. But I've been on too many safaris with rich dentists to listen to any more suicidal ideas. Okay. Okay. Um, and then we also get the final appearance of John Hammond. Sir Richard Attenborough gives a fantastic monologue at the end of this movie, celebrating the 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 life of these dinosaurs that is flourishing on this island, and it is truly one of the best endings to any of these Jurassic movies. I absolutely love it. It is so fantastic. And it is it is literally the, the most perfect way to end John Hammond as a character to, uh, you know, send off this film to see all these dinosaurs together in the mix. It is beautiful. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty positive it's my favorite, favorite Jurassic film. Yeah. It's a movie that I think really kept my fandom going and it made it very, very impactful for me and it, it made it something really, truly special. So thank you so much to everybody that made this movie, created something that is truly special and, and impacted me at the very perfect time. I love it. Thank God for Side B. Side B. But, you know, I'm not the only person with things to say about the Lost World Jurassic Park. We have tons of calls and MP3s to play here. And I want to thank each and every one of you for sending in your thoughts and feelings. I really, really appreciate you wanting to be a part of this celebration. So thank you so much ahead of time. Uh, I'll, of course, thank you again later on, so don't worry. But, um, you know, let's keep the love rolling. So let's hear what everybody else out there has to say regarding the 25th anniversary of the Lost World Jurassic Park. Skipper SS Venture, this is Engen Harbormaster. Do you copy? Over. Skipper SS Venture, you are approaching the breakwater at flank speed. Reduce at once. Over. Hey guys, 
So The Lost World is my favorite Jurassic Park sequel. Might not necessarily be the best one, but it's my favorite one. I've seen it as many times as I have the first one, uh, if not more. I think the, the first half of the film is absolutely perfect. I wouldn't really change a, a, a single thing, except for maybe some um, musical choices. There's a lot of unused uh, John Williams music. Uh, it was released on the expanded uh, score a few years back by Lala Records. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's my full name, Marcus Bernacci. I put on, uh, I, I cut in all the unused music back into the movie so you can hear what it would have been like. And if you're interested, I made a um, ultimate edition uh, fan edit of it. Uh, which incorporates all the unused John Williams music. I put in the two deleted scenes. Uh, I put in a couple deleted clips as well. And uh, I think it, it makes it like a little bit of an overall better experience. Uh, I wish that Spielberg had stuck with the original planned third act with the uh, Tranodons. Um, if anyone hasn't read it, I highly recommend you check out the uh, June 21st, 1996 script by David Kep. Um, or at least the last, you know, 30 pages. Um, it would have been a really fantastic ending, tied up some loose ends, some character arcs. You would have seen the, the funeral of John Hammond. Uh, you would have seen Roland Tembo shoot a raptor and ultimately save the survivors. You would have seen Pteranodons. And I think it would have been a, a better film overall. But um, regardless, I, um, I love the um, Lost World to death, and I will defend it uh, to the death. And um, I, I, ho I hope to see it in theaters one day. Unfortunately, I was, I was too young to see it in the theaters at the time. But um, thank you for listening, guys, and have a good one. Bye-bye. Man, Lost World, <laughs> my, one of my favorite childhoods movies, and one of my favorite Jurassic Park movies, which I can't believe is already 25 years old. <laughs> wow. Um, like, since, like, the, like I, may, I mean, when I watched The Lost World on DVD, like in the on DVD or a VHS or whatever, I was like blown away by like so many dinosaur species, and um like stegosaurs and all that. But I do have one favorite scene. I think that is, I mean, I guess a lot of people know about the scene, <laughs> and that is like when the 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 uh uh oh yeah the when the like the hunter scene like when the hunter in-gen hunters like go and capture the dinosaurs to bring like to Jurassic Park San Diego which we got to see again in Jurassic World Evolution 2 um which um that scene was like so good because you see like lots of dinosaurs in like one big um stampede like the Mementosaurs um brac no not Brachiosaurs um the uh uh the uh, like Gallimimus, Parasaurolophus, and Pachycephalosaurus. Oh man, like it, it's still a good scene. I mean, I even like the part when like the motorcycle guy drives through under the Mementosaurus's legs, like just like how the Gaming Beaver, like that scene part two in the, in that scene. And yeah, that's my favorite moment from the Lost World. So happy 25th anniversary to Lost World Jurassic Park. Hi, it's Jared, and I'm back with uh, some of my thoughts and feelings for the 25th anniversary of one of my very personal favorite sequel films that I had growing up, <clears throat> The Lost World Jurassic Park. And um, what it has meant for me ever since I saw it, well, first saw it in one of my local theaters. I absolutely loved uh, Jurassic Park as a kid, well, and still to this day, because, I mean, 
because it succeeded in actually bringing dinosaurs back to life in our, in our modern world. They looked real, moved and behaved like real animals. And from the perspective of a young kid um, who loves dinosaurs, and well, as Hammond even said in the film, I mean, in, in Jurassic Park, the film gave us something that wasn't an illusion, something that we could almost literally see and touch. Well, even though it wasn't quite literal. Um, I had oh, and ever since I saw um, saw the original Jurassic Park, I I've always craved for something more like that from Jurassic and other programs and media. And the Lost World, when it premiered, not only brought that back, it also delivered much more in some very important ways for me too. As its very title states, it gave us a lost world where creatures from another time are isolated um, from the rest of of the modern world and their own thriving ecosystem with dozens of species once again roaming a mysterious mysterious wilderness as they had um, as they had done so tens of millions of years ago the concept of it has is this awe and majesty that always felt worthy of an origi- of the original film where not only were <clears throat> were we actually getting to see dinosaurs roaming and flourishing as wild animals in the, in our modern world but the way the story ended also left us with a future for Jurassic that, that was open to so to like any number of possible stories and adventures that could still be had. Uh, those were the feelings that um, I that I took away from the Lost World after um, after the many 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 times I watched it as a kid. And it was as time and as time went on and I grew up. I really, I mean, I then really started to actually appreciate much more of the story and the characters than I had before as a kid. And to this day, I still really wish we had many more of the important character moments and arcs that were unfortunately cut from the film. Because, I mean, because they would have only actually enriched the experience and the characters even further. And even as a and um, from well, from day one to even today, I, I mean, from day one of its premiere to this day, even, I wish we had many more dinosaur scenes in the film itself. And thankfully, as it, while I was growing up, I was able to supplement that need with uh, the accompanying toys and games that came out with the film. And as a kid, I would often enact my own little expanded universe adventures with my Kenner and other dinosaur toys and figures I had available to me. Because I still hungered for so much more from the Jurassic universe. The Lost World and all the toys and the games that accompanied it had my imagination just exploding with so many possibilities and so many um, like adventures that could still be had, uh, still could have been had, or yet to be had, um, for the future a world that um, I mean, for the future that the that the world of Jurassic Park had created. Anyways, that's a bit of the of the um, impact that the Lost World Jurassic Park had made on me as a kid, and for many years since, and why I still love it as one of my personal favorite uh, sequels to Jurassic Park.
ever. But we'll see. But maybe we'll see if Dominion can can top that experience for me. Maybe it will. And uh, thanks again for allowing me to share my feelings. And well, looking forward to what everyone else has to share too. Until next time. Hey guys, just giving my quick thoughts on the 25th anniversary of the Lost World Jurassic Park. Can't believe that it's been 25 years. I'm also going to be turning 25, so it feels surreal that all this time has passed and this franchise is still going strong. What I really liked about the second installment is just how wild it is just getting into the jungle, into the grittiness of it all. Uh, learning more about Isla Sorna, not only here in the movies, but also in the books as well. Um, just seeing that, uh, you know, Jeff Goldblum back in action and uh, seeing all the new dinosaur designs as well. It's really cool. One of my favorite moments was the high hide, especially when um, Malcolm is saying that everything's going to be fine. And then you hear the roars in the distance and the parent Rex is coming for the baby. So that moment in the trees, such as classic Spielberg, I absolutely love that moment. And the long grass, who can forget about the long grass? And then just like a lot of suspenseful moments that I think really are classic and sort of ahead of its time as well. Um, otherwise, it was also pretty unique that unlike in the books, um, Spielberg brought some of the dinosaurs to the mainland so you know it was kind of a tease especially with what's coming into Dominion um, that moment's always been super fun to see and rewatch and everything um, yeah I really enjoy the second installment of the franchise it I feel like it keeps getting better after every rewatch because when I was younger I kind of uh, went over the dialogue quite a bit because I didn't really understand a lot of the technical talk but now I think it, it really just expands on the lore and um, yeah it's been amazing the 25 years has passed and um, it's a great film thanks hey y'all so this is Natalie um, <laughs> I almost didn't call in because I just I I just know that I'm going to get so much clap back on my comments <laughs> but you know what you only live once and everybody's comments and thoughts I feel are valid so here I am so <laughs> talking about the lost world um it honestly is probably my least favorite of the entire franchise and when people ask me to further explain it I can't really put it into words because it it literally left such a bad taste in my mouth when it came out that I only saw it I think maybe the one or two times in the theater and then really didn't watch it again for 20 years or whatever um and then during the start of the pandemic in 2020 my friends and I decided to do a Jurassic movie marathon uh, via Zoom and, you know, watch all the movies. So I remember watching it again in 2020 and really just doubling down on, yeah, I don't like this movie. I just, it it, it bothers me. Um, and then I decided I'm, I'm not going to really watch it anymore. And then you guys said, hey, call in with your thoughts on this film. 
And I said, you know what? I do want to be fair. I can't remember why I don't like this movie. I just don't like it. And um, I, I want to give it a shot. So I made myself watch it again uh, last weekend just to kind of, you know, remind myself why. And my main issue is um, Sarah Harding. And I know so many people love her and I actually do love Julianne Moore. I think she's a phenomenal actress. Um, but it's just there's issues with her character that really bother me. So I'm going to kind of go through a few of them um, and just, you know, there it is. But the first thing is she's supposed to be... Oh, and by the way, I'm probably going out of order. Again, I don't know this movie as well as I know the others. Um, the big one is she's supposed to be this really smart, educated, can take care of herself woman... And here she is walking through this jungle with blood, dinosaur blood, fresh dinosaur blood, no less, on her jacket. And when it's pointed out to her, she's kind of like, oh yeah, it's from the baby. And then that's it. And obviously that's a big error and a plot point. And you think that someone with that education and that background and used to being out among wild animals and whatnot. And I mean, she even gives a speech about we need to be upwind of them and we need to, you know, the T-Rex has a scent uh, radius of blah, blah, blah miles. And, you know, she's all smart about this. But when she's got fresh blood on her, she doesn't think to do anything about it. So that was like a big one. Um, another one, they're hanging from the rope, you know, as the trailer or whatever and uh, is hanging and they're trying to escape you know, to safety. And she, you know, she doesn't have a lot of body strength. I get it. She's struggling to get up the rope and it's raining and terror and whatever. Fine. No big deal. And then what do we do? We flash forward, you know, a day and a half or however long to her hanging by one arm onto the roof of that building with the raptor on top. And oh yeah, let me just hang by one hand while I use my other hand to like move all this stuff off so the dinosaur can fall off. Like, where is that upper body strength? I don't get it. You'd think she'd actually be more tired. She'd be more uh, weak and I don't know. It just, the, the believability is where it really got me. And I like, no, I don't believe this. I really don't like this. No. Um, so that's a big one. There's just some other things, just the, the improbability. I am fully aware that you are supposed to have a suspension of disbelief and just kind of go with the story. And I've done that. Like I can do that with Terminator. I can do it with Star Wars, you know, you name it. I'm, I'm willing to go, but for whatever reason, this movie just, it really didn't, it doesn't stick in my brain. Like I just, whenever I watch it, it's kind of like, a, ugh, all right, I'll watch it. Okay. Um, the other thing, and yes, I know it's a book thing and I get it, but I'm still, I think this is another reason why I never liked this movie is that you clearly read at the end of the Jurassic Park novel that Malcolm and Hammond died and that their burials were being postponed by the Costa Rican government and it's a whole thing. Okay, fine. Yes, they didn't die in the movies or yeah, they both didn't die in the in Jurassic Park. So 
when they made The Lost World and Malcolm was the featured character, that just really bothered me because I'm like, he's supposed to be dead. He died in the book. And as as someone who loves that book and has read that book so many times, it I think that was just another issue for me is that they gave Malcolm a whole movie and not negating Jeff Goldblum. I love Jeff Goldblum. He's amazing. Um, and I love Ian Malcolm. But just that whole thing also just threw me off so much. <laughs> but, you know, to, to give credit where credit is due, I really, um, I did enjoy some things. I loved the scenes with the baby T-Rex, um, just the mothering instincts, um, Roland Tembo. I have a new appreciation for him. I liked him before from what I remember. Be- Pete Postlewaite was an amazing actor, rest in peace. Um... And I loved him. Oh, that was the other thing. His uh, his assistant, the one dude with the glasses that died. Like, that was another thing that irritated me. He literally yells at all of the guys running in the grass. Don't go run in the grass. And then what does he do? He follows them into the long grass. Like, you have these highly educated people. And they are not doing what their education and their background and everything else Um has trained them to do and yes I get it you know you're in a life or death situation and whatever but I mean come on common sense if I cut myself with a knife an accident and I'm bleeding and I say oh well you know I should just leave it alone I I don't know I'm probably not making sense But, but yeah it's just um it's just not my favorite and it never has been I do have a slightly better appreciation for it, as I said, Um, and, you know, I'm not one of those people that has to push my, this is the worst movie ever, or this is the best movie ever opinions on others, you know, and all I ask is that I get that same respect back. Um, If you liked The Lost World, awesome, and if you didn't, that's also awesome. Um, At the end of the day, we're Jurassic fans, and we love and, you know, dislike things, and I think that's what makes for interesting conversation. But yeah, um, as a movie, I I literally list it last. Uh, I put JP3 over The Lost World any day of the original three. Um, the music was good, but I mean, it's John Williams, so you kind of can't go wrong with Williams. And I realize I've rambled now for almost eight minutes, <laughs> so I apologize. But I get fired up about certain topics, and then I just like, ah, I got to talk about it. Um, and that's just what I can remember that bothered me off the top of my head um, about this film. I think there were more that uh, came to mind. Oh, <laughs> as I'm talking about it, the scene with the T-Rex and the waterfall and the tongue. Yeah, great scene, but you know what? That was in the Jurassic Park novel, and it really bothered me watching the movie that they took something that happened in the novel and then put it in the second movie. (laughs) I get it. It's not supposed to be the same. The movies are different than the books, but mentally in my head, I was just like, oh, come on now. Like this literally took me out of the movie. It took me out of the movie when that happened because I was like, this isn't as good as it is in the book and (laughs) whatever. Oh, and then also kind of thinking, I'm sorry, you guys are probably going to cut and clip this. And that's okay. I I understand I'm rambling. Uh, but, but it reminds me of another thing. Like, they go to, you know, trap the Rex 
in the boat at the end and then suddenly Julianne is a sharpshooter with that dart gun and she can hit the wrecks through a, a small opening within this little you know closure that's getting smaller and smaller as it's closing like that was another thing that bothered me oh and the other continuity thing that still to this day i mean maybe it's been explained and i just have glossed over it because again i don't associate with anything with this movie really um is the uh okay so the boat carrying the wrecks leaves the island and it goes to san diego right okay cool they oh the boat's not driving what happened to the crew the crew's all gone the crew's all dead yeah but like if the rex is still in the locked cage thing how the hell did he get out did he you know eat all the crew and then go back into said cage to then be locked with the door mechanism kind of half opening half closing and you mean to tell me that that T-Rex, that big T-Rex, got up into the uh, the captain's, whatever they call it, you know, where they're steering. They got all the way up there and ate the crew and left like a hand or whatever and then went back into the same, like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> that always bothered me. And then this person's hand is holding a button you know, but not fully holding a button, was it rigor mortis would not have set in in that short amount of time. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I'm willing to go with a story. I truly am. But there were just so many things that didn't work in this movie for me that uh, it, I'm actually getting very heated talking about it right now. So sorry. Sorry, Brad. Sorry, whoever else is listening. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could probably go go through each scene and be like, this is wrong, this is this, this is this. But I'm not going to do that. You guys just wanted a general discussion on said film. So these are kind of like my quick takes, my quick beats on um, my thoughts on it. Like I said, there are some parts that I definitely um, enjoyed more than I remembered. There are things that I really liked. I do truly feel Eddie's death now, like in rewatching it, I do think he probably had the worst death as opposed to Mr. Um, I'm going to say his name wrong because I can't think of it right now. Zindeki, Zindiski, <laughs> whatever his name is, the actor who was in the Shawshank Redemption uh, that had um, the little mouse dude. I can't even think of his name right now, but you know what I mean. Mr. Udeski? Oh, there I, you know, I'm, I'm hearing Tay Leone's annoying voice in my head <laughs> say her his name. Um, yes, Mr. Udeski. So I actually think Eddie had a worse death than Mr. Udesky, and I feel so bad actually for both of them, but that at least is changing in my ranking of worst death by dinosaurs uh, <laughs> in that regard. So anyway, yeah, I've rambled on now. It's going on almost 13 minutes, um, but yeah, that's, that's my take on The Lost World, um, and like I said, no hate to anyone who liked it. And if you liked it, awesome. And yay, Jurassic fandom. And uh, if you guys actually got to the end all the way to here, thank you. <laughs> all right. Talk to you guys later, maybe. Bye. Hi, my name is uh, Kiarash. I'm known uh, online as uh, UT Feather Tyrant. And uh, this is my first time uh, sending one of these files, but I just could not resist the uh, 25th anniversary of The Lost World. So here I am. The main reason I wanted to send this is because I 
honestly consider the lost world to be you know peak jurassic when it comes to showing dinosaurs as real animals which not to sound super gatekeepy but to me that's kind of the point of dinosaurs is what makes them unique it's what makes them you know distinct from the likes of kaijus like godzilla and i love kaijus like godzilla but dinosaurs just hit different because of this because of how real they were and i i love it when media showing dinosaurs leans into this and takes advantage of this and i think this is uh, best demonstrated by the pair of t-rexes that show up throughout this movie uh, i honestly consider that consider them to be uh, proof that you can absolutely have thrilling scary dinosaur sequences and yet have them act completely naturalistic and animalistic because every time they show up on screen they're not just trying to kill things for the sake of it there's a reason why why they're doing it for example when they first attack the trailer you know the trailer over the cliff they are specifically doing it because well, Sarah and Nick Van Owen, they brought the baby in order to heal it. And they want their baby back. In fact, Sarah actually points this out. He sa she says, uh, this is not hunting behavior. They just want their kid back. And later on, when uh, they come back and kill poor Eddie, which, by the way, it's my favorite death scene in like, the entire franchise, they're doing it because them bringing the kid has expanded the the T-Rex's territory and now they feel obligated to defend this area including getting rid of you know these strange objects that are showed that that have shown up here for some reason later on when uh, they attack the camp once again it's not because you know movie monster has to have movie monsters it's because they are attracted to the baby's blood on Sarah's shirt the film establishes that uh, T-Rexes have great sense of smell and that there is in fact blood on Sarah's shirt and that's what attracts them. And in fact, uh, at first they're just curious, like you have this scene of the Dorex uh, sneaking her massive head into the tent in order to sniff the blood, figure out what's going on. The actual attack doesn't happen until Carter wakes up and starts yelling and everyone just gets up and starts running away and if you know anything about animal encounters in the wild is that running away is basically a signal that you are food so even this scene it's still the T-Rexes have a reason for what for what they're doing and they only attack once people start actively running away triggering the predator response and of course, this is also when the buck male gets captured, gets brought to San Diego. We have that whole San Diego sequence. To the naked eye, you might think he is just rampaging across the city, but it's just a confused animal that has no idea what's going on. And ultimately, it's trying to find its baby. And that's how they lure him back. And that's how Sarah and Malcolm lure it back to the boat, because ultimately, this t-rex just wants his kid back and the final shot of the t-rexes in that movie is just 
the family just vibing, just living their lives as real animals. And I honestly can't praise this enough. And I really, really hope we go back to this because I really think we have gone into movie monster territory with this, with the newer films. Things like the Indominus Rex. Okay, th- th- those make sense. They are in-universe movie monsters. No issue with that. But you get scenes in Fallen Kingdom where the Baryonyx is just ignoring lava just to kill two people. And is like, what are you doing? Why are you uh, ignoring basic animal behavior in order to give us a scene? You, you don't need to do this. And in fact, The Lost World is a movie that I always go back to whenever people say that, you know, if you want animalistic behaviors, you know, watch a documentary or something. And I'm like, no, I'm not comparing this to a documentary. I'm comparing this to Jurassic. You know, we used to really nail this. And these days it's just movie monsters trying to kill because that's what movie monsters do. And yeah, I just... I really hope we go back to showing dinosaurs as animals because I've said it before, that's the appeal of dinosaurs to me. Any other franchise can give you a movie monster, only Jurassic can give you a dinosaur. It's what makes Jurassic unique, so let's lean into that. And I really hope Dominion leans into that. Although with quotes like, Giganotosaurus just wants to watch the world burn. I'm not super confident, but you never know. Anyway, that's it. I'm uh, super happy that I finally managed to send you one of these and love your content. I like the lost world. How many times you Five. And what's your name? Adrian. Hey, y'all. It's Jurassic Souls here. Just wanted to call in with some short thoughts on The Lost World for its 25th anniversary coming up. And I just quickly what I wanted to say is I commend Steven Spielberg for making The Lost World feel so different from Jurassic Park. With Jurassic Park, it felt more like a tropical, you know, adventure for me. But The Lost World was just so drastically different. It felt like embarking on an ominous, dangerous trek into the unknown like you really had no idea what to expect so i saw i was really really young when the lost world first came out so i probably saw the lost world for the first time in like 1999 maybe early 2001 or 2000 and i didn't quite understand you know all the words and stuff that was going on in the movie but i still was obsessed with it, just like I was with Jurassic Park. You know, I loved the tiger raptors and the game trail scene. And it just wasn't even the movie itself that I loved since I was already obsessed with Jurassic Park. You know, I loved the arcade cabinet. And, you know, I begged my mom every Christmas to get me the bull rack toy. And every time I was at, you know, family video, I'd come across the holographic Boss uh, World VHS tape. It was just such a fun and different time. And um, I'm just really glad to be a part of it. I'm glad that this movie exists. And I'm glad that there's just a sequel that is fun and different from the original movie. And I was really happy to see that Fallen Kingdom had a lot of Lost World vibes, too. So, yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts. Hope you all have a great day. 
Hey guys, Dakota here, straight from the Hatchery Lab and the Lost World. Um, 25 years of the movie that I watched so many times on the VHS that it almost broke the VHS tape growing up. And I went to sit down with a sandwich, a can of pop, and a can of Pringles, and just sit and enjoy. Uh, the Lost World being the movie where we got to see dinosaurs in nature behave like animals. Somewhat that we get to see in the first movie, but more in the Lost World and characters that we've known to love that made the movie stand out. The writing that made it stand out. The music that made it stand out as its own. It's definitely one that people maybe love more than the first movie. And that gives us so much more to the lore itself. That it just it just gives so much the Lost World does, and I think 25 years here's the Lost World, and here's the you other uh, Jurassic fans. Like we got to keep loving it, and maybe they'll do something good for Lost World for 25 years. Who knows? But 25 years of greatness, I gotta say. All right, guys, now back in. I gotta go back to the lab. Hi. Um, I gotta say my favorite thing about the Lost World, you know, like after all these years, is really how it managed to be an effective movie. Like, it's a really good movie, you know, regardless of its status, like, in the fandom and whatever people think about it. It's just a really good movie. And I think I find it a bit more entertaining than the first Jurassic Park because I watched the first one so many times. And also because it's really unique in the sense that, you know, you've always, you know had this feeling, you know, when you watch the first Jurassic Park that, you know, it's like the same experience over again. But with the second one, you know, Lost World is really much more unique in the sense that you, you feel as if it's completely different, but also reassuringly familiar. You know, it's a really good story, you know, having all those pieces moving at the same time, leading us to like Site B and all these like, you know, characters are involved in the hunting party and in the gatherers and the hunters and all those interesting ideas that they explore with like, hey, uh, you can't take dinosaurs off this island. I love how they really managed to, you know, make a really impressive message about all of that, you know, while also telling a really riveting story, you know. Now, I really don't like the fact that this movie, you know, there are parts in, in Lost World that you can really, like, see, you know, that they try to, you know, hammer it in, you know, that they try to force certain scenes in. And I think the biggest culprit of this is, like, the San Diego uh, sequence, you know. It, it's a really good sequence, don't, like, don't get me wrong. But as it is, you know, as a film, you know, when you, like, okay, we, we got the wreck, people are getting off the island, uh, you know, it's really, you know, okay, you can leave it there, you know, for a third Jurassic Park. And then, like, hey, we're going to San Diego now. It's really jarring, but overall, I think it's a really, really good sequel. I think it's my favorite sequel of, out of all that have come out. And I really, really like The Lost World. I hope Dominion is as good, if not better. But, man, I, I just really like The Lost World. I wish I could stay here talking an hour about this, but I just love it so much. It's a really good sequel. Hey, this is Jay Malone, and um, I just wanted to call in with uh, my thoughts and memories of the Lost World Jurassic Park. It's honestly, I think the 25th like anniversary snuck up on me more than it did for Jurassic Park. It's honestly really hard to believe that 25 years have passed. 
when I was when Jurassic Park came out, I was only like two and a half. And while I saw it in theaters, I don't really remember most of it. But The Lost World, I remember seeing the trailer for the first time, and I remember, you know, when John Hammond and Ian Malcolm came on screen still being like, no, like, you know, I was young enough that I didn't really understand the concept of sequels, but I would, and at that point I was like, they'll never, like, they'd never make another Jurassic Park film. Like, that's not what happens, right? But yet here these characters were, and then ending and seeing that logo again, I was like, oh my, like, I remember screaming because I would used to like, cry that you know at the end of Jurassic Park when they're leaving the island like that was it that was that was it and so to think like there was another film coming out I was so excited and like it just swept everything I remember going to the stores seeing all the merchandise just hit and like for the first time like going up and seeing all the character figures and stuff seeing Ian Malcolm Sarah Nick and being like whoa in my very first one, I had to get Nick Van Owen just because he came with the baby Pteranodon. Like, I was automatically smitten with the Lost World Pteranodon, like, at first first sight. Uh, and it, it's just, this film means just as much to me as Jurassic Park does, I think. It's just, it's been just as influential in my life. And uh, I, I really wish that Universal would re-release it to cinemas. I, I think it, they're missing a great opportunity. Um, but I, I know many others do, and I'm glad that it's finally getting the love that it deserves. So I hope you all take care and enjoy the 26th anniversary well with each other. Hey, this is a Jurassic fan just letting, uh, to, letting you know my memories of Lost World Jurassic Park. Uh, my favorite part was the uh, tall grass scene where the tiger raptors jump on the uh, engine mercenaries and just, like, maul them and all that. That's one of my uh, memories of the Lost World and favorite scenes. All right. So I've always loved the Jurassic Park movies, and I've been watching them since I was about, like, three or four years old. And when I was a kid, I really didn't like the Lost World. So as I got older, I kind of just stuck with that opinion and didn't really watch it, and I just thought that it wasn't very good. But recently, I watched it again, and I was like, wait, why was this movie so good? I loved the RV scene and when the T-Rex attacks the camp. There's just so many great moments. So I was trying to think back on why I never liked this movie, and I finally realized it was because I was traumatized by the ending when the T-Rex attacks the city. For years, I was like in my backyard thinking that the dinosaur was going to come eat my dog or was going to rip the roof off my house or something and to this day I still have nightmares about dinosaur attacks because of this movie but at least I'm no longer a hater I'm officially a lover of the lost world hi Brad Ben from the Jurassic Park book club here calling in to say Happy 25th anniversary to the Lost World Jurassic Park. I absolutely love this film. It gave us so many standout moments such as the trailer attack where we lose Eddie Carr, Nick Van Owen discovering the old Jurassic Park mural in the Worker Village, and Jurassic Park San Diego. Not to mention one of my all-time best scenes across the franchise, the raptors in the long grass. With my book club head on, I have to give a mention to two other excellent parts that came straight out of the novels. Kathy Bowman on the beach at the start of the movie 
Dita Starpe pursued by a pack of compies through the ravine. Last but by no means least, a shout out to the legend John Williams with his outstanding score. All that's left to say is saddle up and let's get this movable feast underway. Okay, we're going to take a moment here and run the tape of our interview earlier today with John Hammond. He's the former head of engine bioengineering, the man who has come forward to spearhead this movement, not only to return these animals to their island, but to keep the island itself intact. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way. So, so much for listening to the 323rd episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. A huge thank you to each and every person that reached out to be a part of this retrospective here, celebrating the Lost World's 25th anniversary. I love you all so much for sending in your thoughts and feelings. I love this movie so much. It is, you know, I've always gone back and forth about Jurassic Park, the Lost World, which one's my favorite one. Most of the time, The Lost World comes out on top. It hit me at such the right time, and it is just an absolutely incredible movie to me. So I will celebrate this movie anytime y'all want. You know, if you want to do 26, 27, 28, let's do it. I love The Lost World. It is the best. It has so much, so much great stuff in there. And I don't care what anybody says. If anybody wants to trash on, you know, some of the other aspects of the film, it is all flawless to me, so back off. <laughs> I'm going to be defensive about this movie. I love it so much. But uh, thank you so much to each and every person who sent in stuff this week. And thank you all to uh, to each of you for listening to this episode. It really uh, makes us super happy that we have people out there that are celebrating the Lost World along with us. So thank you so much. But that is all I have for you this week. Thank you again. And uh, of course, I want you all to stay safe out there. Be kind to each and every person that you come into contact with. You know what? Representation matters within the Jurassic franchise, so please remember that as well. And as always, I want you to enjoy. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to myself 
for the outro. Saddle up, let's get this movable feast underway. Be sure to give us a follow over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod, and myself, at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram, at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So be sure to follow along. Also, don't miss our live streams, toy hunts, reviews, in-depth bonus content, gameplay, event and theme park coverage, and much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of most episodes, so be sure to spare no expense. Find us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode's show notes, articles, contributor bios, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or send emails to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Make sure to be kind to everybody and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.